0: And our second scripture comes from the same gospel. Just a couple of chapters later in Matthew 18. We have gone from the high point of Peter's new name to the nitty-gritty of what happens when we have conflict in the church. And this is what Jesus says, beginning at verse 15. If another member of the church sins against you, Go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, then tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen, even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The word of the Lord. It's almost 35 years since it swept the nation, this phenomena. Uh, Millions went to go see it in movie theaters as Venkman, Ray, and Spengler fought ghosts in New York City. Do you know what it is yet? That's 35 years old very soon. The country started talking about getting slimed. And none of us will ever look at the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man again the same way after he took over New York City. You know, its theme was so catchy that even today, if you heard it, uh, you would have to repeat its refrain and answer its call when it is, who are you going to call? Now come on, who are you going to call? <laughs> Ghostbussy! It was such a phenomenon that we got a terrible reboot years later, right? No. You can tell me later if you thought it was terrible. Now, if you remember that movie, a, a small piece of that movie was this little character that Rick Moranis played. He was the nerdy neighbor down the street from Sigourney Weaver. And all he was was a nerdy neighbor until, under circumstances we won't get into right now, he became the keymaster. And Sigourney Weaver spends a fair amount of the movie looking for the keymaster. Because it is only through him uh, that the door, the portal to the next realm can be opened. And famously, Bill Murray, as a Ghostbuster, stood at her door at one time, knocked on it, and she opens the door in this glittery red gown and she says, Are you the Keymaster? And he says, No. And she slams the door in his face. Because only the Keymaster will do. She looks for him throughout the movie because he is the only one who can open the way. Now, I do not want to be sacrilegious or ruin ruin the apostle and disciple Peter for you forever, but Peter has a lot in common with Rick Moranis' character. (laughs) He is this hot-headed nobody, the neighbor down the street, and he becomes the key master. Through no work of his own, that's just what Jesus makes him. He says to Peter, you know those famous words, you are rock, Peter, and upon you I will build my church. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth, Peter, will be loosed in heaven. Peter has the authority now. He holds the keys. And and we tell so many jokes about St. Peter at the pearly gates, right? But that's not the keys that Jesus gives him. Jesus gives him keys to hold on earth. Whatever he bound on earth in his lifetime was to be bound in heaven. And whatever he loosed on earth in his lifetime was to be loosed in heaven. He is the key master. Only the Gospel of Matthew talks about this binding and this loosing. Only Matthew talks about binding and loosing. And, and he only talks about it in these two places. This with Peter in 16, and then what you heard me read in 18. And about this second binding and loosing, this chapter 18, the reformer Martin Luther said, you know what's happening in chapter 18? What's happening is Jesus has made extra keys. (laughs) He's made house keys, and he's giving them out now. It's not just Peter anymore. Yes, Peter has keys. Jesus gave them to him, but so do all Christians. Truly, I tell you, Jesus says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he says, for wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. It is an awesome thing to consider. It means that that if Sigourney Weaver or anyone else for that matter asks you if you are the key master, you need to say yes. You are. Now, for those of you who have been able to attend all of these weeks as we've talked about uh, what the church is and and what Jesus calls the church to be, you, you will remember that we have been looking at these images, that we are the ecclesia, the ones who are called out, and that is crucial work. And even more intimidating than that, we are the body of Christ in this world. And we might think that it could not ever get more overwhelming than that. And yet, here it is. We are also the binders and the loosers. We hold the keys. Christians have never completely understood what this means, by the way. Some have said that it means we have the power to say who is forgiven and who is not, what is permitted and what is not. Some have said, no, what it means is we have the power to bind or loose Satan. Others have said, no, it just means that we have the authority to preach and teach. No one is completely certain, but we can know this for certain. When Jesus gave keys to Peter, when he gave keys to the church, he gave us authority. He gave us, he gave us the right to speak for God. He gave us the power to lock out or to open the door, to forgive or to dismiss. He gave us the keys And if you're thinking at all what I am thinking, (laughs) then we are thinking the same thing. And it might be, I'm not comfortable with this. Only Jesus has power. I'm no key master. The nerdy neighbor is more my vibe. I give them back. Don't, Don't use this title for us. And we would be right to feel that way because, sadly, the church has failed at times in how it used its authority. We know that. We know that. It used its authority to keep enslaved people enslaved. Kind of a big failure. And sadly, sadly, even at the present day, it uses its authority to exploit children. It used its keys for that. So we would be right to say, I don't want that title. You take that one back. Except that Jesus gave, us, gave the title. He, he made those extra sets of keys, and he passed one set to us. As much as we must not abuse it, we also should not deny it. He gave them to us. So how do we hold them? If he's given them, how do we hold them? How do we hold them with any kind of faithfulness? Well, Jesus gives us several clues. I think there are three things we can hold on to that help us hold the keys. And the first, the first is he tells us what not to do. Just a little bit later in Matthew in 23, he says this to the religious leaders of his time. He chastises them. And he says, how terrible it will be for you. You lock people out of the kingdom of heaven. You don't go in yourselves and when others try to go in, you stop them. How terrible it will be for you. That seems pretty clear. (laughs) First, with our keys, we are to open more doors than we close. We are to unlock more doors than we lock. We are to open it wide and not slam it in their face. That's first. First, we open the doors. And then second, I don't know if you feel uncomfortable when you hear that Matthew 18 with what to do with conflict in the church. I don't know if you feel uncomfortable because the part we can rest on is that if, it, if at the end, none of it works, if at the end, none of it can happen, then the person has to be an outsider. And that is uncomfortable. But in that uncomfortableness, we can forget what it took to get there. These are the most serious of sins Jesus is talking about. The gravest of sins. The transgressions that hurt and, and divide the community. Because Jesus has dealt with lesser sins in a different way in other places. These are the most serious of sins. And yet, even in the face of them, what does he have them do? Go back again and again and again. Try again. If it doesn't work, take a friend. Try again. If it doesn't work, take it to the church. Try again. It won't always be possible. But you try again. And Peter, like he so often does, he speaks for the group when he says, One question, Lord. These serious sins... When they come up in the church, how often should I try to forgive them? Is seven times enough? And you know the answer. Even these serious sins, Jesus says, how about 70 times seven? So if we, if we are to hold the keys with any kind of faithfulness, we'll seek reconciliation whenever it is possible. Whenever it is possible. And even when it seems impossible. And finally, we may not feel comfortable with this, but we can only hold those keys if we will hold tightly to both authority and humility and not lose either. Authority and humility. Authority because have you wondered what it means when Jesus says, what you do here on earth I will have it change heaven. What you bind here on earth, I'll make sure it is bound in heaven. How can that be? How can that be? Does that mean that God is some sort of bellhop who cannot wait to serve and and do what we ask? No. What it means is that Jesus is promising that he will form and reform his church until we match heaven. He will form and reform what we bind here until it matches. We are not playing at church here. We are actually, really, and presently working out the will of God. We are actually, truly, and presently being shaped and formed to do His will. It is not just our work, it is God's work here. So when we can trust that God is at work in us, has not walked away from us, but it continues to shape us until we match, we hold those keys with authority. And along with this, Jesus ends that teaching with, The famous words, where two two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them, and they are words of comfort and of strength. I have offered them to you in this sanctuary as words of comfort and strength, and so they are, but they are also a warning. Jesus says, whatever actions you take here on earth matter to God. You are the binders and you are the loosers and never forget whenever even a couple of you gather if you say it is in my name I'm there You are the binders and you are the loosers and I will be there I will be there among you So we do not simply hold these keys with authority but we only we also hold them with humility Humility. This is not a comfortable title for us. It is not one that we might choose to be binders and to be loosers in this world, to have that kind of responsibility. But we are the church. And Jesus has given us the keys. The way we hold them well is by opening more doors than we close, by forgiving when it is possible, even when it is hard. And by holding those keys with humility and authority, that's how we do it. Jesus can use other people. He can use other routes, but he wants to use us. Whether we feel up to it or not, Jesus wants us, us, to be a route to grace in this world. We are a means of grace in this world. So, when he stands at the door and knocks and he asks us, Are you the key master? He is waiting for an answer. He is waiting for us to say, Yes. Yes, Lord, we are. Amen.